0: We started last week and we were talking about tender love and the importance of having compassion. The, the need to actually put yourself in someone else's shoes to hear their story and to listen to them. And when I ask how many of you were tender-hearted, compassionate people, um, not a lot of us put our hands up. And that's okay because we need the tough love people as well. Um, we're going to start off again with that upper room where Jesus is there and he and, and this is John chapter 13 verse 1 and it says having loved his own who were in the world he loved them to the end and that idea that he is about to go into this last dinner before his time in the garden before he's arrested before his his torture, his crucifixion before this whole moment. And so he's like, I want to love them well and I want to love them till the end. And that's that's his gift to us tonight is that he wants to love you well and he wants you to do what he's doing. He wants you to love well and to love to the end. And that can involve the compassionate, uh, tender moments of of caring for someone, of listening, of washing their feet, of answering their questions, even though, you know, Philip, I've told you this before. This isn't news, right? And he's in that Last Supper with them. But it's also the tough things of sitting there and going, Judas, what you got to do, you go and do. And Peter, you say you love me, but I know you're going to betray me. And I've asked for God to protect you because Satan wants to sift you he wants to wreck you, and I, I want you to be aware. Like, hey, I'm here for you, and my grace is enough for you, Peter. And right? Those tough questions, those tough moments, those tough conversations where you have to actually enter into a, a really honest conversation and say the things you don't want to say or hear the things that you don't want to hear yourself saying to your friends. So we're going to go with that tonight. So last week we had a verse in Ephesians 4 and it was to, to love one another, be kind to one another. And tonight it's Ephesians 4.25. So then putting away false head, falsehood, so then putting away falsehood, let, us, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors. For we are members of one another. Um. How many of you want your friends to be honest with you? Right? We all want our friends to be honest with you. How many of you said to me, like, look, no matter what, always tell me the truth? Right? You've said that with a best friend. You you anticipate that from your teachers, from people in a... You would expect from me that I would be speaking the truth to you, that I wouldn't be lying to you or misleading you. You would expect your teachers or especially your best friends to tell you the truth. Like, why, man... Why would you let me go on doing something that you knew was dumb or wrong when you said you were my best friend, when you said you cared for me, right? So we want that in our friends. But how many of us have struggled sometimes when our friends are doing something and you're like, mm, that is so dumb. And they're just seeming to have so much fun going the wrong direction. And how do I tell them in truth in honesty and love man, you're going to wreck yourself. You're going to wreck yourself. Rick Warren uh, tells a story about the Titanic when he talks about this. And he says, we all have to have integrity. We have to have truth. Integrity is that um, the ability to trust something. The chair has integrity. When I sit down, I believe that it's going to do true to its purpose. And it's going to hold me up. <laughs> Now, when I stand on the chair, I'm not always sure it's going to do what it's wanting to do, but I'm not using the chair the right way. But when I sit on it, man, I believe in the integrity of that chair. And when I ask somebody to do something, I believe in the integrity of that person. And Rick Warren says, we have this problem in our world. The Titanic was supposed to be unsinkable. Why? Because it was built up of various compartments, right? They had said they had six or ten compartments And that if they ever got into a place where they had a puncture, they could close off one of those compartments, and the rest of the the ship would be okay. Have you heard this? And he said, we have that problem as humans. We think we can compartmentalize all our problems or our situations. You know what? This is a bad thing, and I do this thing with these certain friends, but I I can lock that down, and it's not going to sink my whole ship. And when we do that, we're actually puncturing part of the hull of our lives and we're heading towards a titanic wreck. (laughs) And the titanic, well we don't have to explain what happened to it, it sank. And we don't want to sink our lives, but what we do is we compartmentalize and we lock things off and we don't have that integrity through the whole thing. And we don't want to get into a situation where we start to say, okay, well, this area of my life, you can have God. And this area of my life is for these certain friends. And this area of my life is for these friends. And this area of my life is for my family. And this area of my life is for the future. And this area of my life, and and we compartmentalize our lives. and And all that does is fracture us. And we won't have the integrity we need to survive. When we watch Jesus and we see him, and he has really tough conversations. And often he has the toughest conversations with who? The Pharisees, right? The people that know the answers, the religious people, that should know better. But what happened is they had compartmentalized their lives, and they didn't have integrity. But they came to Jesus, and they recognized in Jesus that he was a person of integrity and spoke the truth. And they often challenged him. Teacher, we know you only speak the truth. So, is it right that we should pay taxes to Caesar? Teacher, we know you are a person of integrity. But what happens in divorce? Right? And they were trying to trick him because they knew that he would speak the truth. And they wanted, they wanted to catch him saying something wrong. And he didn't. He had that integrity. He had that ability. And he had the ability to say tough things. Woe to you, you serpents, you brood of vipers. But then he also said these tough things to his disciples. And he also said tough things to the commoners. You've heard it said an eye for an eye. But I'm telling you. Somebody strikes you, turn the other cheek. Someone makes you carry a load of mile. Go with them two miles. Someone asks you to do something that you have a right to not do. Give up that right. Whoa, that's tough. That's tough to hear. How many of you are willing to give up your rights for Jesus? Because we just sang that we would. That you would call me higher. But I'm comfortable right here, God. And I feel your loving arms around me. But, but you would call me higher. You would call me deeper. You would call me to truth. To, to tough conversations. So let's talk tonight about tough love or integrity. Speaking the truth. A lot of the times we think of tough love and we're like, yes! This is my turn to say something and be right. And that's not what tough love is. Tough love is having those tough conversations. Okay, so the tender people here, all you just heard is conflict. I avoid conflict. (laughs) Right? I can see your antenna going up. Yeah, um, yeah, no. I'm going to just avoid that conflict at all costs. I'll just do whatever needs to get done, and it'll just wash away. (laughs) And you know what? We'll forget about this in a month or a year or forever. Please, God, let us forget about this instead of having this conflict. Some of you are like, conflict? Oh boy, sign me up. There's a fight? Uh, Where do I sign up? How do I get in? How do I get front row tickets? Can I bring a friend? Um, I'm all ready for this. The problem, though, is that we go into that conflict then With that attitude of saying, like, dang, I'm right. Dang, I am so good. And you are so not. And I'm so going to enjoy showing you how you're so wrong. And when we do that, we've lost all the love that goes with the tough. We're just going in being tough. And then we both walk out of there with bruises that I didn't ever expect. (laughs) I came into this fight to win, and they hit me harder than I hit them. Now what do I do? And you walk away going, wow, do I really believe what I believe? What happened in there? Because you can go in with love. So we want to make sure that even if we go into this, look, it's not unchristian to have conflict. Jesus says in Matthew, when you have a disagreement with a brother... (laughs) When you have a disagreement with a sister, go to them. That's Jesus talking about us, folks, that when we have a disagreement, not if, not someday you might have this happen. When you have a disagreement, go to them. Go to them in love and confront them and say, hey, we have this thing. We don't have this thing, but I'll find Jake. Jake, we have this thing again. And then, uh, no, (laughs) thanks, Jake. But you don't want to get into that spot where you're just going into something looking for a fight. Jesus knows we're going to have conflict. And so it's not unchristian to disagree. And it's not unchristian to grab a brother or sister and pull them aside and say, I have a concern. But we need to do this when we see two things happening. One, they're living with lies. We have friends that are living with lies. We have brothers and sisters living in lies, and we need to pull them aside. Or two, we see them pursuing destructive pleasure. They're just seeking destructive pleasure that's going to lead them to a place that sinks their boat, (laughs) that causes destruction in their lives. So we need to believe, and if you are uh, one of those tender-hearted people, whether your friends think you are or not, and you know you are, we need, to be- we need to believe that, one, the truth we're telling is more important than keeping the peace. You need to believe that the truth you're telling is more important than keeping the peace. There's a lie that we believe and we believe the lie that saying something is going to hurt them. If I say something to this friend of mine, I'm really going to hurt them. Because they believe this certain thing and that's how they live their lives. But if I say this truth to them, I'm going to hurt them. And so I would rather keep the peace and be their friend, even though I think there's something that's, that's going to wreck them. We don't say something because we think, hey, it's going to hurt them. And they seem okay, and they seem to be coping, and they seem happy with the choice they've made. Or maybe when I say something to them, they get really mad. So maybe it's better to just have loved them and let them go their own way, even though it's going to lead them to destruction you imagine standing on the titanic and going to the captain saying there's an iceberg ahead and he's like yeah we got this oh you seem okay with this cool piece i'll be downstairs getting a you know hitting the buffet line again cuz that was good food no like we want him to pay attention who cares if he's comfortable who cares if he believes that he's doing the right thing there's danger ahead he needs to know it will hurt There will be tears. Stick to your guns. Especially you peacekeepers. (laughs) This will hurt. Stick to your guns. Speak the truth in love. The other lie we believe is that saying something is going to cost me. Not them. Me. We have to realize that their well-being is more important than the comfort Of our relationship. If I say something, I'm gonna lose a friend. I'm gonna be the one that's hurt. If I say this thing to them, it's gonna cost me this friend. We've preempted the whole conversation. We're like, oh, pros, cons, nope, yep, okay, no, oh, you know what, it's better off just the way it is. But then all I've done is choose my comfort over their well-being. Hey, maybe it's gonna get messy and maybe I'll we'll be rejected. Maybe they'll misunderstand where I'm coming from. But it's better to speak the truth and love that person well. Right? Because we all said at the very beginning, I had you, you all put your hand up, you would rather have a friend who tells you the truth than lies to you. You all said that you all want your best friend to tell you the truth, not to lie to you, but we know that when we get into that conversation, you're like, I, this, I, I don't know how to have this conversation. So how do we do that? How do we do that and do that with, with love? Not with our sleeves rolled up, not going in to win a fight, not engaging in a conflict because it's a chance to have a conflict. How do we do this with love so that I I love you best, and it's for your good and also for mine, regardless of the outcome? One, clarify the issue. Psalm 611, David prays that the Lord would teach him to walk in truth and an undivided heart. Psalm 86.11. God, teach me to walk in truth and an undivided heart, that I could have this conversation. Prepare yourself. Get to what the root causes. What is it that I'm seeing in their life that's so concerning? What's the root? Not just the fruit, but what's the root that's causing that fruit to come out in their lives? So clarify the issue. Cleanse your spirit. Matthew 7, verses 3 and 5, 3 to 5, Jesus is talking to the group on the hill, and he says, look, you're so quick to pick out the speck in someone else's eye when you have this massive plank in your own. Deal with your own issue first before you're so quick to judge someone on a little thing. So be careful. Be cooled off. Right? Take five minutes. Take a breather. Somebody does something you're ticked off, count to 10, and then count to 10 again backwards, and then count to 10. Because you want to make sure that you're going into the conversation not already heated up, not already on the defensive, not already in that place of pain or fear. So be careful, and seek the Holy Spirit for wisdom. Plan the time and place. Like, in the halls, between classes... Terrible time to have a heart-to-heart. you got five minutes, you're both going in different directions, you're like, I really need to talk to you right now. Like, are you dumb? Like, I gotta get to geography. (laughs) I'd love to have this conversation, right? Uh, Buses are rolling in, you pull me aside and say, I need to talk to you right now. You're like, wow, timing is fantastic. Pick the right time and spot, right? It's midnight, go to bed. Nothing good happens after midnight. When you're tired, you're not gonna have a good conversation with someone. Yeah, it's emotional. Yeah, you're both crying. That's great, if that's what you really want. But you're not actually getting to the root. You're just dealing with the fruit. Go to bed. I'll see you after breakfast, and let's have a nice, quiet conversation in a very public space. Right, sitting on the docks with God and the Holy Spirit present and you're cooled off and you're not in that moment, have a good conversation. So many people say it's really important that we have a face-to-face. Here's what I've found. It's way better to go for a walk (laughs) and have a side-by-side. Because if I sit and just stare you in the eye, all you do is get freaked out. Like, what's he thinking? Like, oh my goodness, why is he staring at me like that? What am I supposed to say now? I don't know. But if you're walking, you're going to like, oh, stone, cool. So I was thinking about what you said. <laughs> right? Like you have a chance to, like, misdirect. <laughs> Let's change the subject. OK, I can come back now. And I had a chance to actually collect my thoughts and have a conversation. And the last thing you need to do is pray. Pray, pray, pray. So clarify the issue. Cleanse your spirit. Select the time and place and pray. Relationships are worth fighting for. But we need to be sensitive to the other person. We don't go into it winning. We go into it saying, hey, this isn't an ultimatum. You need to change this or I'm out of here. That's never a first conversation with a friend. Hey, look, I hate the fact that you you do X. But and if you don't stop, we're not friends anymore. It's like, wow, that like you really like drew a line in the sand and said it, you need to cross this line right now, or we're over. Like what that's like a tenth conversation. <laughs> Go into it really sincere. Like I care about you. I think what you're doing isn't the best thing. So be sincere. Be careful, and give a non-accusing explanation. I see you doing this. I see you doing this thing. It concerns me. Can we talk about it? Or, man, I really feel like what you're doing isn't the best thing for you. Can we talk about that? Or say, hey, I saw this thing in your life. Am I missing something? Like, what's going on? Yeah, I've been, do, I've been drinking a lot lately because things at home are a wreck and I just don't want to think about it. It's, it's, I just need something to take my mind off it. Yeah, I've been driving way too fast <laughs> because I just, I just need the adrenaline rush. I feel like I have nothing to control over in my life. Hey, I see you in this relationship. You're pursuing the wrong person. What's going on? I don't know, I just, I just want to feel loved. Like these are all like Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He loves you. He wants you. He cares for you. He, he gives you your life back. He is the source of peace. He is the spirit of comfort. I know the answer to my friend's question. <laughs> so let's build that relationship. We have examples in the Bible. Paul uh, is in Galatians. He talks about it in chapter 2 where Peter was with him. And they were with the the Gentile believers, and then a bunch of Jewish believers showed up, and Peter started acting really strange. And so Paul went to him and said, hey, this is not okay. He didn't go into it with the idea that we need to fight. He's like, like, he's not right the Galatians, so yeah, Peter did this, so I went and kicked his ass, and then I dragged him up front, and I made him apologize to everybody publicly. He, He didn't say that. He says, I went to Peter, and I confronted him privately, and I said, look, this isn't good for anybody it's hurting the gentile believers and the jewish believers and 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 it's tearing us apart as a church why are you doing this you're supposed to be our leader and peter repented and said yeah you're right i don't i i got caught up in this issue and that happens hey that happens in our churches all the times right Where there's an issue that suddenly comes up and it's whether we sing these songs or those songs or we we teach about these people leading or those people leading and and it tears our churches apart and we need to stop and say, hey, stop behaving like this. You're wrecking our church. We're wrecking the unity. The example Paul gives us is so that we know that we can't love too much to let something happen that's going to hurt our family. The family of believers that we are. The verse we started with. Putting away falsehood, let us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Man, we belong to one another. We're one body. If you're doing something that's hurting you, it's hurting me. And I, have to, I want to have that conversation to see why, why are you doing this. Zechariah 4.6 It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. You are not the one to solve the problem. Hey, tough love people out there that love conflict, it's not your power and it's not your might. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. And so when you enter into conflict, have the Holy Spirit as your guide. When you enter into that conversation, submit yourself to the God who loves you, and has put his spirit in you and wants to speak through you so they see his love. It's not going to be roses. Um, It may take several humble confrontations where you're speaking the truth to somebody in love. And sometimes it does get worse before it gets better. And sometimes that friendship actually ends. And that is a tough part about loving well. So we confess our sins. God, if I did this wrong, please forgive me. And we pick ourselves up and we say, God, I'm going to go forward and I still love that person. Would you help me to do it better the next time? Would you help me to learn and to not cause further harm in this body that I am a part of. So that is our conversation on tough love. I hope, I know it's not about getting in there and proving you're right. It's actually really about loving each other enough to be what we want, to have that friendship where someone sits down and is going to tell you the truth. Because that's what we need to be, people of integrity. That they can trust our word is coming from a true, right place. Because we're living out our life in the body together. Thanks.